0: You're listening to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. I'm your host, El Cole, and this is episode 58. Today's guest is Avantika Dixit, a brain tumor survivor. She is also a social scientist, clinical psychologist, hypnotherapist, and positive psychologist. We spoke to Avantika today to get an understanding of wellness and how it relates to us as parents and children. The conversation will educate you, fascinate you, and encourage you on your wellness journey. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and there is no better month than to share Avantika's story and expertise. Whether you homeschool, remote school, or send your children to school, we need to be mindful of the mental health challenges that our children face and that they may experience, especially now. With the Cleverly Changing Podcast, it is our goal to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly, so please remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. If you want to keep the podcast going, consider becoming a regular supporter via Patreon. So go to Patreon, that's P A T R E O N, dot com slash cleverly changing. Today's proverb comes from South Africa, and it says the jungle is stronger than the elephant. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by Senegal. Juni. Juni. It means 1,000 in Wolof. I am your host, Elle Cole, and today we have a spectacular show for you. We have a special guest who is a clinical psychologist, and I want you to really just listen in. If you have a piece of paper close, feel free to take some notes. This is really going to be one of those packed information sessions where we're going to provide a lot of resources and just tools and tips for you. So Before we really jump into the conversation, let me tell you a little bit about who I am. I am a mom of twins. I have two 12-year-old girls who are preteens now, and I have been homeschooling them for this is our seventh year. They have always been homeschooled and we are very happy to be able to support the homeschool community and also those who want to supplement their child's education. We all want what's best for our kids. And so that's why we have the Cleverly Changing Podcast to really give you insightful resources and information that you can use and share with others. So definitely share this podcast with a friend, let them know that we're having real conversations that are honest and impactful. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you to you, Tika. So Tika, can you please tell our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
1: Thank you so much, Elle. It's a pleasure to be on your show. And uh, who I am is I'm a very simple person. I grew up in small town, India. And um, that's been my spiritual grounding as well. And then, you know, through Happy Chance, my journey led me through the the world, really. And I spent 15 years in the big tech corporation world where I was a leader of millennial people. Uh, They were a couple of years younger than I was. Um, But together we had some amazing journeys all through the last, uh, you know, 15 years uh, before 2015. Uh, But really my, um, you know, primary purpose, which initially was just for representation and kind of, you know, exploring the world and doing things which um, which seemed pretty much out of reach to me growing up uh, in India, Um, it kind of took a turn when I was called into uh, taking a look at the global existential crisis. There were a lot of people on my team, thousands literally, and um, I was just seeing this global phenomenon, regardless of which country, which culture, which company that I was, um, you know, supporting or working with or leading, um, that there was definitely something that was happening universally. And in my own personal life as well, you know, um, there were certain phenomenon that I couldn't write, uh, you know, deny uh, any longer. And that's when I kind of um, went back to my first love, uh, which was, uh, you know, I I had a degree in clinical psychology, and I went back to school and I went around the world um, and developed a practice. Um, I worked with some of the best people but these are the best people on the planet right now who are working with self-actualization and with therapy uh, and cutting-edge science. I'm talking of uh, you know the best in the world. Their clients are usually celebrities and royalty and you know star athletes and things like that and their access uh, is really to only one percent of the world. So, my mission has really been to expand that net of access. I have done a lot of certifications and training with a lot of these people myself. And uh, there's a couple of things. One is to bring that out into at least you know, 70% of affordability and access to people, uh, the same tools. And uh, the third thing, the second thing is also what I realized when I did all of this is a lot of recycled information that kind of works for a world that we've left behind. There's something that has happened in the last decade. Uh, of disruption, and certainly in 2020, everyone would have realized that the world has changed. And what has worked for success, uh, advice, and guidance isn't really going to cut it for this new world that that has been you know created. Um, so what I've been doing is developing future-forward words so that are going to help the one percent. Uh, I mean, the uh, you know the the, the largest uh, living generation uh, in history, really, the millennials and the XY by and the things. Uh, to um, to to kind of be set up for success. And uh, yeah, so that's here I am, clinical psychologist, a hypnotherapist, a genomist, and uh, uh, more than anything, I'm just somebody who's very, very passionate about setting up young people for success.
0: Awesome. You mentioned a term, future forward work, and that is my first time hearing that phrase. So can you kind of tell us what is future forward work?
1: Yeah, one of my, um, you know, (laughs) look, I was just accidentally plunged into this whole thing where I needed to find solutions. Uh, When I was in my early 20s, I had a brain tumor. Uh, When I was, and I was given a script really that you can't do much in life except for live on medical support. And I, of course, uh, you know, turned that around. Um, And then when I was, you know, in, in the corporation world, I was, I was a young kid in my 20s and everyone else who was in leadership was in their 40s, their 50s, and they were of a different representation. There weren't women in the boardroom, there weren't, you know, uh, people who had Indian passports uh, there as well. Um, And then, you know, I had things like relationship crisis, I had obesity, I had like two diabetes. I had so many uh, crisis moments in my own day that I went looking around for solutions for myself. What I found to my dis- disappointment was a lot of these solutions kind of help to a certain point, And then they kind of get recycled and retrofit to something that might kind of get you to like the surface, but really not through, not breakthrough level, you know, where you're kind of uh, really radically transforming. There were, of course, some of them, which were great. Um, but uh, the other thing which I started, you know, when I started my own practice in 2018, and a lot of my clients, uh, by chance, that, who came to me, I had not designed it this way. Uh, they were all uh, millennials and zeners and young people. And um, it came to a point where I was having, like, although I was seeing 20 clients a week, I was having the same session. Literally, everyone had similar issues and stuff. And that's when I realized that, you know, these are the people that are doing the courses, they're doing the therapy, they are doing... You know, uh, in fact, they're adopting a lot of holistic practices and stuff like that. So what I realized was that all of these things are borrowing from recrofit Uh They would have worked for the last century, maybe even like 20 years ago, 10 years ago. But look at how, I mean, 100 years ago, the average lifespan of the planet was 35 years. Today, this generation, people under 50 have unlocked the potential of living up to 100 or more. So wellness has to be giving them tools for that, right? Uh, when you talk about mental health, uh, the solutions, like almost everybody who has taken a psychiatry degree has been trained in great and efficient counseling and therapy. But if you take a look at what the prevalent practices, that 80 percent of all treatment for mental health is uh, medication based. Um, and there's hardly, you know, most people go to the psychiatrist for, for, for the drugs, uh, not really for support. So, um, yeah, so all, all these gaps, uh, and as a result of that, we have, you know, um, 80% of uh, adults in the United States have actually been prescribed a psychotropic black box drug in the past three years. So there's a lot of data about that. We have one in three people in the world that is suffering from mental health, anxiety, depression, burnout, or something. Um, and uh, only about 30 or 40% of them seek out for treatment or things. Uh, so, where we're going is really a world which is not looking at these as aberrations, but at the norm. This is really, you know, we've got to kind of have conversations about the fact that disruption management is the secret source, the new secret source for wellness. Really, it's not so much about, you know, business as usual management, but it's about how do you manage yourself because the world is just going to get more and more disrupted over the next, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And the way it's the interventions you take in your you know, teens, your 20s, your 30s, and your 40s, which will build great resilience so that you know we are able to go through. So yeah, so I'm all about future forward when it comes to success, wellness, relationships. Um, and for a lot of it, it just means breaking through the matrix and breaking through the agendas. There's a reason why something has been touted as having been a success, whether it is truly a success or not. And a lot of it has to do with the agenda of maybe you know, big tech or big corp. Uh, we all know how, how you know, there's some things, or big pharma. And, um, yeah, future forward really means jumping that matrix and uh, designing and leading um, success stories
0: uh, from scratch, uh, literally, and intuitively. Mm you said so much that was very powerful. One thing that really stuck out in my mind was that one in three people have a mental health condition, not necessarily something that may be major, but they should be also cognizant about their mental health. Just like we are aware of everything else in our body, our mind is just as important. And you mentioned that we're living in a different time. This is a different world. And so we have to also pay attention to that. And for our young people, you know, millennials and generational Z, this is all new for them. These are new experiences and new things that are happening in the world. What is it that um, you've observed about the mental health in teens and preteens and children during this pandemic? Because I know it's hard for us adults. But it's especially hard for kids who haven't necessarily developed a whole world view yet. And so their whole lives have really been shattered.
1: It's such a great question. And I'm so glad you asked, because I think anybody who's interested, um, like you are in conscious parenting or conscious education, or setting up, you know, working with the young people and uh, look, we've handed them a very confusing world, right? So even before the pandemic in 2017, there was this new phrase that came up just because of all these conversations about, you know, uh, the environment and things like that. Young people are very sensitive. They're very, they're really picking up on all of this negative bias conversation. There is actually a phenomenon called eco-anxiety now, which is afflicting a lot of young people because they truly believe that by the time they're adults, they're not going to have a planet. Um, So anyways, that's really in the broader context. Coming back to the pandemic, uh, it's, you know, let's face it. We're dealing with an evolved aspect of the human race. human brains have evolved 650% in performance since the first human being showed up. You know, the first homo sapiens, the one that's closest cousin to what we call the human now. And, um, you know, um, so the human brain has been doing these living evolutions. And uh, we're very much in um, in an evolutionary leap right now. So it's just like, uh, you know, a computer which keeps getting upgraded. In um, its hardware and software, the human brains of uh, and and you would notice anyone who has been around kids um, under you know 15 under 10 you'd notice uh, three things about them one they're super sensitive the second is that they are super aware and uh, able to assimilate information very very fast you know um, not this I mean completely discounted for learning disabilities autism spectrum ev- everything you know even their, you know, uh, their sensitivity and the ability to kind of assimilate uh, spatial um, information um, of artistic information, creative information, musical information is astoundingly high. Uh, first thing is that these are people who i believe are aware that they they, they kind of come with a, you know the next level human uh you know wiring and things like that in them um they the levels of it's like they miss that 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 day in class where they were talking about hate people hate people <laughs> you know hate people who don't look like you uh or um you know just kind of be scared all the time and things like that i think that these are really kids that are being primed to be different So the gap that we have is that, you know, all of the information that the generations of parents have had, um, you know, that there's definitely a gap. Um, But here are some things which I've noticed about um, things that don't change. At the end of the day, every one of us is primed with a certain uh, DNA uh, which is uh, which which gets turned on or off a genetic genetic expression for either you have a bias for health, recovery, regeneration, or you have a bias for, you know, uh disease, um, and you know, slowing down or mental illness and things like that. And it's all something that gets turned on based on your environment, your your down the environment, and things like that. When there's such a huge of information coming at you about oh my god there's this global lockdown and everything that we know about normal life is going to be done on its head and children are like little you know they, they need sunshine and play and touch and uh, so it's just a combination of all of that that, um, that you know a couple of things have happened. One is that the adults have acted out a lot it's impacted globally you know, regardless of age um, you know, divorce breaks the sword, mental illness uh definitely has been a huge concern, plaguing people. In my profession, we've we've definitely been very busy during these times. Uh, but the way it's impacted the younger people and children and preteens and uh you know the older teens is that a lot of them have uh, developed a very doomsday view of the world, of reality. And uh they have really gone into their fight or flight mode and fight or flight. So, um, I think one of the, the, it's important for anybody who's a caregiver, uh, a parent, uh, a guardian, um, you know, whoever is providing uh, supervision, care, uh, or education, or therapy to a a young person, it's important to understand that that's okay. Um, And probably the the quickest way to get around it is... um, Activating certain centers in the brain, one of them is we call we call it dose dopamine, which is largely um, your uh, your pleasure center. So you know, having small little interactions which can replace the, the known or the familiar interactions which they're now missing or feeling a withdrawal from, um, such as you know story times or making new rituals which can which children can look forward to is pretty important. Um, and also um, the oxytocin. Very important to snuggle, cuddle, uh, pat your child on the back, uh, give them hugs, um, you know, uh, kiss them good morning, um, and just, you know, just um, rub their shoulders or rub their neck. Uh, what that does is it, it creates a bonding response in them, which immediately turns off their fight or flight and promotes a feeling of wellness and uh, things like that. I, I have an eight-year-old niece myself and, um, you know, when she was really down the dumps, the thing that used to, so she started, you know, acting out she wasn't able to sleep, she had insomnia and she had fearful, uh, she had fear of going to sleep. I think she had somewhere, you know, in turn that she isn't going to deal with all these talks of people dying and, and things like that. She probably felt that she's not going to wake up and what really used to help her is as to do this really quick hypnosis technique where I should just kind of tell her to kind of just look at the thing and she would, uh, I would have found down and she would sleep. But much more than that, you know, snuggling up with her, just, you know, getting her into bed and snuggling up with her and just kind of uh, giving her that five minutes of TLC, it really helped her. And yeah, so yeah, these are the things. Serotonin is another one. So doses dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin is, um, is really the antidote for depression. And the best way to do that is to do movement, exercise. 30 minutes of exercise is as good. It could be yoga. It could be a good dance that you could do with your, you know, put a home video on and do a little bit of a dance. Um, Or it could just be like there's so many workouts for children. Any way to get them think 30 minutes of exercise or 20 minutes of, even 10 minutes of exercise, as as effective in treating depression as uh, an antidepressant, believe it or not. And the final thing is, of course, endorphins. So, things that feel good, uh, things that you know that the, that the children enjoy. Um, important to kind of do that. So, these are certain preventative things that can be done by uh, this thing. There of course some some situations which these alone do not cut it, but then of course those are special
0: cases. Yes, yes. What you were saying as a mom, I could definitely relate to everything that you said. And I know that exercise when it was really cold because we had some ice and snow days and we weren't we could definitely go outside when it wasn't when the weather wasn't so bad. Um, once there was kind of a lull and, you know, you want to go play, um, we definitely went outside and played, but there were some times when it was just coming down and we wanted to stay in the house, but we still needed to exercise and move around because you know, you talked about, you know, those endorphins, and sometimes we witness our kids and they look sad, and you're like, oh, you gotta get up, you gotta move, and we can definitely put on music, we can dance as a family. There are things that we can do in our house. And I know for us, we are able to... we have a basement. And so we have like this carpet soccer ball that just glides ac- across the carpet. And we we play that in the house when it's cold. And um, we have like a dart game. And so it's important to find some things that you can do inside as well if you aren't able to go outside. Now the weather is kind of changing um, depending on where you are. Our weather is getting warmer. And so it is a great time to take a walk. And I know that um, with my daughter, I have one that I have to really force to take a walk with me, but the other one, you know, it gives us a chance to talk to each other. And I get to know what's on her mind because it's like you know you just have freedom to to breathe in that fresh air to kind of fill anew. And I know that I'm doing it with her, but it's so refreshing for me too. And so I think you know, for some of us as parents, we're doing so much to you know, to make sure the food is done, to make sure we're working, to make sure our kids are getting their education. and we may feel overwhelmed and we may not be noticing signs and cues in our kids that something may be wrong. What are some things that parents should be looking out for? I think you
1: said such a beautiful thing because I, I feel that you know mental health is a very generational thing also. And um, it's very important for moms and dads to uh, really nurture their own inner child a lot. Their child will bring up their own unhealed wounds a lot right so my advice to um you know people who are tending to the next generation is this is your brilliant opportunity to take a look at your inner child wounds unhealed wounds the parts of you that feel neglected overwhelmed unloved unlovable undeserving um or abandoned or just frightened scared or feeling not good enough you know all of these things are things that uh, get projected outward. And it is our children that will also start reflecting some of that. A lot of parents, young parents that I have worked with, um, when we do the things, we like to do our therapy sessions together because what I help them see is really it's a unit, right? You have like a soul unit that you've created and there's, you know, with with primary relationships, um, they are so ripe for learning, growth and development. Uh, they almost never adjust so that you could come together and have the pleasure of you know creating a child and, and watching them grow up. It's usually uh, because there is some opportunity, um, something that you're bringing some some part of their journey that they're bringing that you're bringing them and some part of your journey that they're bringing you. So um, I just wanted to make that point because there is there is uh, like an interconnected interplay between that as well many, many times you will notice that when you're feeling overwhelmed is when your children will start acting out more. Um, And it's just like a projection energy signal that one is putting out there, which, which, you know, super sensitive uh, people like children today are, will pick up on. I'm not saying this to kind of create an even greater burden of, (laughs) you know, um, responsibility on the parent. What I'm saying is this is a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful opportunity because Just take 10 minutes today to sit and see, hmm, I know I've been complaining so much about, you know, how XYZ doesn't listen to me, doesn't mind me, or is acting out or throwing tantrums or this or that or the other. And I'd like them to kind of just, you know, just invite you to take a look at. And this is this doesn't come from place of judgment or criticism. I've totally had to do this with myself. Right. So there's nothing that I'm putting out there that I haven't really practiced on myself or people that I love or my family. It's just, you know, take it in the spirit. It's really just uh, for your hope. Um, you will understand that uh, there is so much that is happening within us that we are projecting to our children. Um, so yeah so that piece is important take care of yourselves nurture yourself you're very important and the inner child inside you needs you to hold her needs you to love her needs you to feel heard visible acknowledged otherwise she's gonna act out you know and it's gonna come out through your pets your children through your co-workers through your friends through your your lovers it's gonna come out So, uh, yeah, so that's just like uh, something which you don't hear a lot of psychologists talking about, but it has been my absolute experience and it's helped a lot of people around the world when they start focusing on that. Children themselves are um, very forgiving and uh, very, very resilient and very compassionate, right? So I, a lot of times I would say, you know, we have this, model in our head that we've got to be the role models and we've got to teach, teach, teach and care, care, care. You know, there are so many times that we have an opportunity to learn from our children in how quickly they forget, how quickly they forgive, how resilient they are, how unconditional they are in their love sometimes and um, their ability to play and have joy. And, um, you know, a lot of times I I have friends who like, you know, they're feeling really Terrible about themselves, and because hey, it's okay, mom, it's just another day, and you know, you, you'll do, you you'll do good and stuff like that. So, I think this this whole thing that I've got to do this, I've got to be perfect for my children. Instead of that, if you replace that with, you know what, these are very wise souls, just like I am, and how can we have this beautiful unit where we learn to uh, see, see a parent is a child isn't born because a parent uh, created them. A parent is created when the child is born, right? So it's a very important milestone that one steps into, uh, and it's it's so ripe for lessons in self-actualization and personal development, and an opportunity to redo your own childhood and go back and revisit areas. I, there was this beautiful mom who had a lot of self image issues, because she, you know, I grew up in India and there was a lot of colorism. So she was, of, uh, you know, a different, um, it's so funny, everywhere you go, people from India call call brown, but within India, there are these shades that that, that, that are attributed. And so uh, the ignorance uh, of the people that were, you know, surrounding her, uh, she kind of always was made to feel unattractive. And um, now she has a daughter who's a beautiful, and she's beautiful and her daughter is beautiful but uh, the same issues are coming up again. And subconsciously what the mother is doing is she's transferring her wounds onto the child. And um, the the beauty of the opportunities when we work together, we were able to kind of see that, aha, this isn't something that's happening for the first time, it's happened before. And what we have an opportunity to do is really to turn things around. And uh, when we healed it in the mom, it disappeared in the child. It really disappeared. So our voids... Definitely get passed on as well. You know, our voids, our wounds get passed on. And parents need to kind of accept their children as also teachers and gifts and opportunities for their own personal healing and growth.
0: Wow, that's very powerful. When you said when we healed it in the mom, we healed it in the child. That's that's just powerful. You know, we sometimes think that we're able to mask and cover up some of those wounds in our childhood, but they manifest in everything that we do. It's a part of our life's experiences. And if we don't really address them, they come out in other ways and we can see how they're manifesting in our children, which is just bizarre, but it happens. What you're saying is a real thing that we can really observe. And as a mom, you know, I've seen it in my own household. And um, I, I do believe that therapy is important for all people. You know, sometimes we may feel like we're above um, talking to someone, but I, I think that, you know, everybody in this world has different experiences and they affect you very differently. And that doesn't mean that it's bad or harmful or you know, you just had a rough childhood, it just means that you're trying to sort out this life on your own. And it's important to talk to somebody who has had the education to really be able to talk you through it in an intelligent way so it helps you kind of categorize certain things that have happened. And so I like to say on the podcast that we encourage people to ask for help and get help from professionals who are actually educated and experts who can help in a knowledgeable way. So I love that you brought that out because I think it's so important. And, you know, it's not something that we need to be ashamed of. Like we have to really take away that shame and that stigma from therapy, from counseling, because it's something that we all need and we can all benefit from.
1: You're absolutely so, so on point. And let's take a look at how how you know how society has contributed to that. Um, this this whole mantle of perfection, you know, being a perfect. I, I think that women see themselves as some sort of a failure if their marriage isn't uh, isn't you know perfect, or if their you know the children have certain issues that need to be worked through. Uh, and I think some of it is because of uh, all of the judgment and all of the all of the, you know, the the stereotypes that have been created around, you know, little boys are raised to be very powerful and strong and rich, and they're kept away from their sensitivity. Uh, At least traditionally, that is how it used to be. And little girls were raised to be pretty and nurturing and submissive, and they were kept away from their power. And literally, if you think of, you know, all the societies and the harem culture or uh, this thing, a woman's worth primarily was uh you know on on her uh, success as uh, in those roles. So yeah, it is something that gets you know passed on from generation to generation. And I think we are it's such an empowered generation now that um, it's okay for uh, men to be in touch with their sensitivity and women to be in touch with their power and everyone to choose to be whatever they want to be. And um the world is just going to get uh, more disruptive. So the more we kind of try to stick to our known familiar world, the hero's journey is a beautiful model for personal growth. Uh, it starts off by saying you're living in this known world. It's very familiar. Here's what you're saying. You're going to have a white picket fence. You're going to have like two kids. You're going to have like a perfect life. And you know, sail off into the sunset. But there, where's the growth in that? Where's the, I mean, you leave uh, the planet exactly the same way you came with the same assumptions, ignorances, and stuff like that. Growth happens when you get pushed, when you get disrupted, when you have crisis. Heroes are built in times of adversity and crisis. Um, and a lot of those crises come through our, uh, our relationships, right, or through our health, or through our finances, or through our careers um yeah so I think you know when it comes to therapy or leadership mentors or business mentors or you know a circle in a circle of friends or you know sisters uh you know who who kind of get together and support each other support systems are so important because as the world is disrupting the more conversations we have hey you know what here's what I'm going through and and 15 people jump and say I'm going to the same It takes away the shame. It takes away the stigma. And as I said, my job is to make people understand that what they're going through isn't an aberration. It is a fact that, you know, 66% of the planet right now is going through some sort of mental health or physical health crisis right now. And that is the majority of the planet. And it is a fact that children, for all that they're so sensitive and so beautiful and they're the future, they are struggling with It more because we have disrupted. We've actually handed a very complex world to them, and it's going to take some time. But it's not undoable. It's just a beautiful opportunity, which has come disguised as something that's a little challenging while it's in the making.
0: Yes, yes. You just brought up the hero model, and I think that is the perfect segue to really talk about your movement that you started called Work. Woke Hero. Can you really let us know what woke hero is and um just really kind of unpack, you know? You just talked about the model, but kind of unpack what woke hero is so that we can get a visual picture.
1: Sure. Well, I I looked at in my quest to solve the global existential. Crisis. I mean, if you could even think of that something that could be solved, at least there are certain solutions that can be found for it. And I looked at various models. I looked at leadership models. I looked at spirituality models. I looked at wellness models and entertainment lifestyle. I looked at just about everything. And I found the hero's journey, which is something that Joseph Campbell has created. It's a beautiful container to put into context what the plant is going through right now. So there was something that everyone knew as the normal, and then it went through you know, completely the unfamiliar world as a call to adventure. So there is uh, a process of individuation. A lot of people from the millennial spectrum generation, that is people under, let's say, 45, 50, um, they are increasingly uh, finding themselves disrupted in the last five to 10 years. Uh, whatever they thought, um, you know, life is going to be, Absolutely the opposite of that. (laughs) In some way, it could be like health, it could be, again, health relationships, finances, and stuff like that. So willingly or unwillingly, people have signed up to be the template changers. Uh, People are having um, all sorts of disrupted uh, relationships and stuff like that. I just want to switch things around. Um, With all this conspiracy theory stuff, what if the universe was conspiring in your favor, right? What if this was really, truly something that was going to bring out the best, and I actually have a lot of resources and tools where I actually show the universal phenomenon, uh, which people, because it doesn't sell, right? So People don't talk about all the wonderful things that have happened and uh, things like that. But anyways, long story short, the woke Hero platform is something where I have unpacked the hero's journey and put that into two contexts. The context of where all of us, we are individuating from the older paradigms of how things were, older institutions of marriage, older institutions of wellness, education, business, uh, and we're seeing that all around us, right? So people are choosing to do things that have never been done before. Uh, the second thing is what's happening collectively as a planet. The planet is going through a collective journey, and uh, we're so interconnected. So I feel that like we're like a 7.8 billion, you know, human organism that is uh, going through this journey as well. And it is absolutely generational. It is very pivotal to um, where this planet is going, where uh, the century is going to go. Every century has its story, and Walk Hero is helping write the story of this century, and the key generations that are going to be pivotal in uh, you know shaping this uh, this journey. And I believe the best is yet to come. And um, it's my job, my mission, my passion to really um, help people understand their journey uh, and what's in store for them, what they're going through, why they're going through it, give them support systems and tools that can really help them effortlessly glide through. Because the moment you understand that this isn't a crisis, this is an opportunity, it's a call to adventure. Um, and I'll give you my own personal example. When I was 23, I had a brain tumor. Uh, and before that, I was probably one of the most directionless person in the world. I could have I had no ambition, no direction. I was not, I was absolutely not remarkable in any which way. Uh but knowing that I everything that I that you know could have been taken away from me, I, I survived that and everything was okay at the end. But there was this brief three year moment where I knew that the odds against me were 50-50. I could either make it or not make it. And um making it, uh life would never be the same again because I now had an understanding of the meaning of my life, the value of my life. So uh, yeah, that's that's how some crises really come into our life to, 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 to bring to bring out the inner grit, the inner resilience, the inner knowing of who we truly are and how we shine. It doesn't happen when, see, the sunshine and the rainbows are not where heroes are made. Uh, that comes as a reward. I've had many days of sunshine and rainbows, you know, when I've done the work, processed my journey, and got to the other side. But really, when you're going through the meat grinder, uh, it's very useful to understand what that journey and the template looks like, how to kind of get through it, and uh, it, it, how to make it fun and enjoyable and not feel like, you know, you're like this thing. So I've gotten to that point in my life where myself and the people that I'm working with, we just having fun. And it's great to have a community around it. <laughs> it's like, okay, so today this has happened. What's the gift here? What's the opportunity here? And here's how we are going to kind of do it. So we're just using what's happening in the world as an opportunity to kind of hero stuff. Hero our best lives, hero our best successes, hero our best careers, our best finances. Um, and that's really what we're doing. In the world here.
0: You know, that really resonated with me mainly because when I became a mother, I realized that, you know, at first my intentions were to really protect my kids from everything. But then I realized that I became the person I am now because of the moments of adversity that I faced. And I looked at not only my life, but the life of my ancestors and those who came before me. And I said, I want my children to learn how to take calculated risks in the midst of adversity and rise there because I really feel that's where heroes are made or that's where people really learn what their character is. And that's when they're put to the test. And so to me, that's the true testament of finding your purpose, finding your life, finding direction. And that's really has been my guiding force in life. So your movement just completely resonates with everything that I do and who I am. So I'm I'm so glad that that you have this movement. Um, Can you kind of, because I know I'm not the only mother who is facing that kind of epiphany realizing I can't protect my my child from everything, and nor should I, you know, because it would be to their detriment that you protect your child from everything. So can you really let us know what age groups are really, um, are those who should be getting involved in the work hero movement? First of all, you are a work
1: hero, absolutely. And this is really your story. I mean. It's not It's not a Vantika story, it is really the story of the people who are the Woke here, the everyday heroes that are there. So it's. Um, I'm so glad that it resonates with you because you are, you know, the representative of uh, everything that the Woke stands for. Um, the age groups at this point, everything that's on the digital platform, because we want to keep it safe, uh, we want to keep things 18 and above. Right, um, but we do allow for um, you know indirect access for younger people. So if, if there's a parent that wants to take it with their child along with the child, and we know that the child is getting supervision at home and you know is is taking this under the guidance of a parent, then we open. There is no age age limit. Certain programs. So there are there are three programs uh, in there. One of them is our mental health program, our wellness pod. Uh, the Wellness Pod series focuses on three particular chapters. The first one is the disruption clinic, and that I think almost at any every age group can benefit from. The second one is Wellness Pod, uh, that is also any age group can do. The third one is stay. It is uh, I'm very passionate about it because the leading cause for death in people under thirty five is suicide. Uh, it's a huge uh, you know silent uh, pandemic also, which has being uh, steadily growing in the last decade, and um, it's not just suicide, but suicide and self-harm, self-sabotage, uh, and suicidal thoughts. So I've created a program called STAY, Suicidal thoughts aren't You? and there I, 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 I believe that the the program should be restricted to 18 and above. And if it's being taken under 18, then I would want a parent uh, supervise it, kind of you know, uh, because it's just sensitive information um other than that you know there's one where um you know there's uh, there's uh, another series it's called um hero love and um here, it's it's, it's it's not about the Valentine's Day Hallmarks card kind of series at all, although we do have a lot of romance in some of those programs, but it's also with authenticity, self-love. You know, the most important relationship you can have is to be healed and whole within yourself. Uh, the more gaps and holes you have here, is really, it's going to get reflected in every relationship you have, whether it's, you know, primary or secondary. And uh, that is, again, something that, I believe parents should take with their children, honestly, and do some of those programs or those exercises with their children. Because again, you know, there's two children learning. If you learn with your child, there's two children that you're healing. Uh, remember that. So uh, the second one and the third one in that, not so not so much for younger children. Uh, very relevant for 18 and above. Uh, love detox, where we speak a lot about, you know, uh, younger people are afflicted. I, you know, There's no age gap really, but it's. I just talk about demographics. Uh, my research shows me that uh, you know the number one breakout searches is uh, for narcissistic abuse, phantom relationships, triangulation. Uh, there are a lot of people because of the art. The virtual world has complicated things a lot. And uh, there are a lot of uh, children who have more access, more independence, so they may be in the teens, but they're they're kind of uh, playing out very adult relationships and setting themselves up for some very traumatic things. So yeah, I feel that that is something which under supervision would help, but that's for the parents to decide if their child needs it. I'm not going to take that decision because I think that is where supervision is important. So we have made it open for 18 and above, and we have, uh, you know, uh, and you know, a rider in there that if you have, if you feel your 15 year old or 13 year old needs help there, please get involved, take the program and translate and work with her on that or with him on that. Um, So that's really how we've kind of uh, the same. But there's one called soul love, which I feel, you know, even though it's more about romance, but I think everyone should do it. And uh, again, I would encourage people to introduce. So I would say that do it for yourself as an adult, and then introduce some of those concepts very early to your children. So they understand what a relationship is when it's just you know the, the the um you know the earlier thing was like for just food shelter and companionship but now it's more for uh, shared growth and um even kind of you know shared vision and uh connecting at the spiritual level even so there are certain aspects that I think children today are very open to metaphysical and esoteric phenomenon um not very they're not into organized religion that much now. Um, and they're quite open to uh, new concepts of uh, how people relate to each other and things like that. So yeah, so those are, you know, I would love for parents to take this and then make the decision whether their child under 18 is someone who's a good candidate for some of that information. Um, And of course, you know, if if someone in the family is taking it, everyone can benefit uh, in that. We don't have like a user access that if, you know, if you have a family of four, then everyone needs to take one. Uh, honestly, one person signs up from each family, it helps the whole family is what I
0: feel. Wow. What you just said, it reminded me 15 years ago, my, my husband and I, we were um, thinking we were engaged and we were thinking about getting married. So we took a, we had a book, it was a workbook where we answered questions and filled out the information. And we thought, you know, one of the activities were to ask uh, different people in our families who had been married advice. And when you just shared that information about soul love, I, I It made me think about that experience and how we really thought, oh, you know, we love each other. Marriage would just be easy. But along the way, 15 years later, it's been a lot, you know, it's you're bringing two cultures together and it's so completely different than just, you know, answering some questions and thinking, oh, I know what this other person is thinking and how they'll show up. Life is just not quite like that. And so would you recommend that Um, couples who, who um, are interested in learning more about love, like self-love, because what I've realized in marriage is if you don't love yourself, like you should, you won't even receive or accept love. So that other person can be loving you and you won't even recognize it because love is kind of foreign to you if you don't really love yourself. So would you say it's something that, um, couples can do as well. Oh, you were so
1: wise. I love what you just said. It's so true. Um, Yeah, absolutely. You you have a limit to how much love you can receive in your life based on how much you're able to love yourself. Really. Nobody can love you uh, to the degree that exceeding how much you can love yourself. And nobody can love you to the degree exceeding how much they love themselves. So sometimes it's also important to recognize that, look, this person isn't being mean or a jerk. They don't really love themselves so much, you know. So uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to love someone else because they don't really have the have the understanding of what it feels like to receive that much love. So it kind of goes in a circle. Absolutely, I would say that this is the reason I have created the Soul Love program. is is for that. Hero love is, you know, love is one of the biggest fuels of superpower. Uh, if you just think in the animal kingdom, I had a cat, you know, she was like the, the, the most dysfunctional cat in the world, <laughs> uh, had no guilt. uh, you know, she she barely could feed herself and she needed to be taken care of and everything. And then she had a litter, uh, you know, she had kittens and she was very, very much the, the doting mother and uh, loved her kittens very much. And but she was very helpless, she used to rely on us to take care of the kittens as well, So we didn't mind, she was so cute and everything. And then one day they were just like outside in the garden and um, there was an eagle that was circling and it swooped in and I was on a tree, I was up in a tree, I was reading a book or something, but this is, you know, from way back. And I just saw this, like it must have taken, this whole thing must have taken place in under three seconds. Eagle sweeps down picks up one of the kittens and is about to leave. And then I literally saw this dysfunctional, little slow cat transform into this tigress. And she was so powerful. She absolutely wouldn't have it. And she's scared off that. I mean, I don't know where that source of power came into her. The reason I'm saying this is, you know, there are times where you give up on yourself. There are times where uh, you can have no motivation. There are times when, uh, you know, you have no inspiration to really achieve anything. That is a time where love comes into your life. Uh, love is really, you know, whether it's romantic love, with, but, you know, anybody who's a significant person in our, in our life, and there's usually not more than five people. It isn't, you know, even amongst your parents, most people you know, haven't received it from both their parents. Let's just be very i'm I'm just going by data, right? So not to kind of uh think so it's true I'm talking about, <laughs> right? It is true that you know we have so my my data shows that in our life we will meet about 80,000 people on an average. We will go through about five relationships and ourselves on an average, not everyone goes through it, and some people go through many more, some people go through just one and they find they get lucky, but I'd say on an average, statistically, people go through five relationships before they find the one find the one person. And In the age of Netflix and chill and Swipe Left and everything, 70% of people uh, who are of dating age, uh, what is dating age? There is no such age but anyway, let's just assume that people who are childbearing age, right, Uh, they report that they feel lonely, whether or without uh, being in a relationship. And a lot of, you know, 50% of marriages end up in divorce. Um, I think all of these things kind of point to the fact but there's something about the institution of the way a man and a woman or two partners in, an, in a relationship or a civil partnership interact with each other. Um, there are ways that, you know, the dance could be made more, effort, you know, more effortless or more rewarding or more joyous or more fun. And I think it starts off with dating with intentionality and very consciously. And it also starts off with understanding that it's not so much about, you know, the trappings of why you want, really want to, really, understand what what are your primary values? Uh, what are you putting out there? So if you're somebody who values something, don't put out something for a partner that doesn't have those values, it doesn't share those values, because you'll just get disappointed. Um, having said that, what I find is that most people attract each other to people who will be their best teachers. Uh, because sometimes some acts of love are really the ones that that leave you brokenhearted and uh, lonely, and uh, because that's where you have that whole journey of picking yourself up. So there's this wonderful story called the Little Soul and the Sun by Donald Neil Walsh, Neil Donald Walsh, and uh, I would recommend it. It's just uh, it's just a five minute read. It's actually for children. Um, read that. It's it's eight bucks on Amazon. It's a beautiful five minute read. But I think it explains really what the dynamics of the significant people that come into our life. Soul love is probably the one thing. Self love, soul love. These two things are probably the, you know, the most important things that can uh, set you up for a life that is full of joy, or a life that feels absolutely meaningless and lonely. Because you could achieve every other, every other goal on your checklist, your bucket list, if that if there is a void when it comes to love. Um, regardless of what your relationship status is it's going to show it's it's going to take from you it's going to deplete from the power rather than fill you up with power so i would totally recommend couples to not just take the program but to really be very conscious about what are the reasons for coming together what are the reasons for to staying together and how they can help each other recognize and appreciate and be grateful for the other's presence as probably at that point not one of the biggest teachers that they have uh for their own self-actualization because they're they what they what you've got is is a mirror into into your into your deepest soul really that you're living with and if you know how to um how to utilize and look at you know it's like trying to clean your face by wiping the mirror that's not going to (laughs) happen if you want to clean your face you have got to wash your face the mirror will be clean clean Right. So there are certain things that uh, are very important when we realize we live in a holographic universe and uh, our romantic partners are probably the biggest and closest thing that we have to a mirror representation of who we
0: are wholly as a person.
1: Wow,
0: Wow, that's that's very deep. (laughs) And I, I feel like I could talk to you for a long time because you just, you're so wise and you you speak with your heart and you're so passionate about what you do. And I know that everyone who is listening to us talk about Woke Hero and what the program offers, they are eager to sign up and, and learn more. Can you tell everybody where they need to go in order to find out more about work, Woke Hero? Sure.
1: So we are running our first campaigns in March and uh, you can check them out on wokehero.com. Uh, so in the first week of March, March our very first campaign goes out uh, and you can have all ac- access to all the programs on Hero starting the first week of March. Uh, so do check us out on Instagram. We're at the Hero on Instagram and uh, wokehero.com on yeah, the website.
0: Awesome. Awesome. It has been a true joy to talk to you and, and learn more about your life. You have overcome so much and your story is just fascinating. And I know that there are so many families who are listening in and can relate to the things that you shared today. So I encourage you all to go to woke hero, look up the program, find more information about it and just connect, connect with people who are doing things for our community. And, and this is a whole movement that is moving around the world. And we wanna make a better place, not only for our generation, but the generation that is to come. So thank you for your time. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? And it
1: has been such a pleasure to have a connection with you. And I wish you and your podcast and your family of people watching you and your own family, all the best. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure.
0: Thank you. Thank you. This has been just a phenomenal podcast. And I hope that, you know, everybody who listens, definitely share this with other people, because this is information that we all need. This is something that, We can all learn from and take tools from and just put into our toolbox so that we can be more resilient as a people. So I thank you for your time and I wish you the best. Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.